0: And welcome to Under London's Ground. Uh, this is a podcast by archaeologists who love London and all the weird, wonderful, amazing, quirky things that have happened here. Uh, I'm Amy Atkins. I'm an archaeologist of Amazonian proportions, and I'm with Paul the Moustache McGarity.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I am nothing more than the thing I can force out of my upper lip. It it is something. It it is (laughs) something. This thing on your face right now. It is is a thing. It is there.
0: (laughs) Cannot deny it is happening and there's nothing we can do to stop it. So, under London's ground, we run guided walking tours of London. We have an Instagram with fun facts. And this podcast is to bring you some of our favourite facts from London's history. Um, basically, we have a bit of a chat about it. So, um, shall I kick us off? Yeah. yeah? Oh, the
1: important thing, of course, is oh, yeah, that we have brought one fact each and the other person does not know what that fact yes, is. Yes, that is key. That is key. That is
0: key. I forgot to mention do realize that. Did you
1: realise that? Don't a pig
0: zero this. Haven't I? No, I but after
1: two episodes, it. we've already got a catchphrase, which is that is key. That
0: is key. That is that is very key. That. <laughs> <laughs> what was that accent? I
1: don't know, but you do realise we're doing an episode on like
0: maritime keys and door keys now. Just you got? That is key. That is that is that is key. Right. right. Episode two is called Cleopatra's Needle and Bloody Barbers. Right. So. My fact is that Cleopatra's Needle has a time capsule underneath it. What? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So, Cleopatra's Needle... When, what? Hang on, when but I, it's, like, well, well old. Yeah, but it wasn't built by the Egyptians in London. What? I, I, I don't mean to break this to you. What? <laughs>
1: Mind blown. Um,
0: so, Cleopatra's Needle is... What an, is Cleopatra's Needle? It is an original Egyptian obelisk, mm-hmm. which dates to, I think, about 1450 BC. So it about. is. I oh, know, it's very precise, but it is well old. Um, it has actually almost nothing to do with Cleopatra. Oh. I well. know, um, oh, the name's a bit misleading. So it was built by T- Is it even a needle? It's a big needle. It doesn't mm. have a little hole for the thread, though, but... <laughs> 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 um... <laughs> On. It was built by Titmos the Third. Um Titmos. <laughs> we're descending in this podcast is descending into chaos. Um, no, what was it called? Titmos the third. Titmos. Tut Tutmos the Third. Um, and it's only called Cleopatra's Needle because the Romans moved the obelisk to a temple that Cleopatra had built in Alexandria. Oh, I see. Uh, in honour of Mark Antony or Julius Caesar, we're not really sure, but that's one of them, yeah, quite famously, a complicated story. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, We're uh, just, uh, we'll oh. just moving to one of the temples. Which one, uh, Julius Caesar? <laughs> <Seasons>, um, <laughs> oh, don't know. Uh, I'm not
1: touching it. Not touching that with a bargepole. Everyone dies from snakes.
0: <laughs> um, so Cleopatra's needle was gifted to Britain. By the king of Egypt and Sudan. In okay. A- it was gifted. Was this one of those gifts? No, it was actually gifted. Is that one
1: of those gifts that sometimes <laughs> we find in our museums and in people's private collections. I
0: promise, uh-huh. from what I've read, yes. it was gifted. You're and right. that's not in inverted commas. It was gifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the king of Egypt and Sudan in 1819. And it was kind of to say thank you for British victories in two key battles against Napoleon which were held in Egypt. Right. Gift. Gift. But, it, that feels very much like a... <laughs> well, it, it's a gift that I, I don't think we accepted very graci- graciously because we didn't actually take it, bring it to London for another 60 years because, and I kid you not, the British government didn't want to pay to transport it.
1: Oh, great. Well, I mean, we've all had that package that's been sent that's not the right postage like, on. Oh. Yeah, oh.
0: yeah, but when you've paid well, for it...
1: Yeah,
0: uh, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, do you mean when someone's not put... Oh,
1: yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Really like, oh, no. <laughs> and it's a bill. <laughs>
0: Um so eventually in eighteen seventy-seven
1: hmm.
0: a man called Sir William James Erasmus Wilson, great name, uh paid for it to be brought to London. And you might think, oh, he must have been a very passionate archaeologist, Egyptologist. Uh he was a dermatologist.
1: Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> he just... So he thought of it as like a massive pumice. Stone. He uh, he paid like <laughs> There's just a lot of people with crusty feet rubbing up against it. I give do I give this as a public work for those that of is crusty feet.
0: Yeah, he paid ten grand. And in, like, 1870, that's a lot of money. Yes. I know, I know. Also, Um, how good is dermatology? (laughs) Well, he was also a sir, so I feel like dermatology wasn't his primary income. What many people don't realise is that underneath the obelisk is a time capsule, which was placed there when the monument was erected on Victorian Bankman in 1878. So I'm just going to read you out what the items include. Uh, So the, the items in this time capsule include a box of cigars, Cool. It'll be dry, or wet. (laughs) Um, A portrait of Queen Victoria, of course. Yeah. A three-foot bronze model of the obelisk. (laughs) (laughs) Which you've just obviously had to pull down. On top of it, yeah. Uh, A railway guide. (laughs) Um, A complete set of British coins and one rupee. Right. (laughs) Copies of the Bible in several different languages. And my absolute favourite... Photographs of the twelve most beautiful women of the day.
1: <laughs> Decided on by Sir Arthur and yeah. uh,
0: <laughs> Really muscular women. <laughs> um but I think it's just potentially the most Victorian collection of items you can imagine. It's got oh, like yeah. some cigs, a Bible, something about the railway, and some pictures of some fit birds. Oh, and also don't forget, just a little bit of like,
1: and Indian. One rupee. India. How have you afforded uh, India? <laughs>
0: Um, but interestingly, the sphinxes that are next to Cleopatra's Needle, yes. a Victorian edition, are the wrong way round because they face the obelisk rather than guarding They're it. They're not guarding facing it. Outwards. Yeah, yeah. Awful guards. Yeah, really awful. Um, but what I really like is that the... Well, I didn't like it. The sphinxes were damaged by a German bomb during World War One, Not hmm. two. Um, oh, and a Zeppelin bomb. Or a... Go to bomb. You don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at you quite blankly because yep. I, I don't know. There's, it was a bomb. I don't I'm not I'm not into... It was a bomb. Yeah, I, don't, I don't care about types of bomb. Um, And what they haven't restored it, which I think is quite nice because it sort of adds to this bizarre history yeah. of the monument. Um, But you can actually go, if you go to Victoria and Blackman today and go to see it, you can see shrapnel holes in, yeah. in one of the Sphinx um, if yeah. you want. And there's a plaque which gives you some information as there's well.
1: There's loads of places that have got shrapnel bomb, like da- shrapnel damage on them. You know, the uh, Victorian Albert Museum has shrapnel damage on one wall. So, yeah. yeah, it's World, World War II, but yeah. they basically left one facade. As what uh, as it was,
0: I quite like that. I have to say, I think it's it adds a touch of it's, it was part of the history of it then, yeah. Too, exactly.
1: And um, the Royal College of Surgeons in Holborn has uh, that's an
0: old building, though. Yeah, that's yeah. also
1: got um, bomb damage on it as well around the back, and yeah, just loads and loads of them. You've
0: got all these little spots all over. Yeah. Maybe we should do a guide going and seeing uh,
1: places where places where bomb bombs damage have occurred. gone off. Yeah. Zeppelin House uh, near Farringdon is so named because the building that Led Zeppelin there. played there once. Led Zeppelin played there once. No. Um, <laughs> it was one building in the Roar was destroyed by a bomb from a Zeppelin that went over in a raid. It's a bit of a... So they called it Zeppelin House. It's a bit of a rubbish
0: bomb, isn't it? What? It only gets one house.
1: Yeah, it was the first time that you'd had aerial bombardments over London. Like, this big floating cigar came and blew a house apart. People were not like, oh, what have you <laughs> done two houses? <laughs>
0: Well, oh, oh, no, just, just what else is maybe, it? Maybe I've been spoiled by... By oh, no, the blitz. What, I can't say that. Yes, you can. No, I can't say that. I'm in charge of the editing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right, I think we should move on to uh, your facts before I get angry letters written in. OK. The London Barber Surgeons Act of
1: 1745... Was eventually repealed in 1986, except for clauses 12 and 15 to 18, which specifically prevented barbers from being surgeons and from surgeons from cutting hair.
0: I think that's fair, to be honest. (laughs)
1: What, really? Even the surgeons not cutting hair? Well, they're not. So do you know. Hair
0: is important, Paul.
1: Right, surgery? I reckon I could have a crack at doing a trim of a fringe. To be fair, I've cut my own hair. I don't think I could lie Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take I, out my own appendix. I was yeah. going to say, now I have met people who have had bad haircuts and thought that it was life and death, yeah, but it's not. True.
0: It's, so explain a bit about this, because I, I don't know anything about
1: this. barber surgeons used to be, you heard the term barber surgeon, barber surgeons used to be one and the same thing. But this yeah. is back in the day when medicine was, um, if... If I uh, give him this thing that poisons him, maybe he will die slower. Yeah. Yeah, that was essentially medicine. So it was, the haircuts were given over to the people who were good at hang, uh, carrying or uh, wielding sharp objects. And so surgeons, right. right?
0: Yeah.
1: And that was it. But when they started um, becoming guilds, they separated. When, when like you started to see uh, a development in actual science and medicine. Yeah the people who were starting to consider themselves surgeons who were using the scientific method did not like the fact that the barbers were like, yeah, we're here as well.
0: Yeah, us too, us too, yeah. yeah.
1: Which is, you know, a bit snobbish of them.
0: But they were sort of like... Mm, Snobbish, but... Yeah, yeah. Legit. Yeah, so they were like,
1: (laughs) we are different to you now. We may have started the same, We have gone, like, the relationship is broken down. We're going to go off in our different ways. Right? And then the barbers genuinely started this proceedings. They were like, fine, you can leave. But you you can't can't cut hair. hair. (laughs) Genuinely, because they were at the. When it, the split happened, people were still a little bit dubious about doctors. Yeah. So they were like, "Well, I've never." Yeah. Uh, uh, very few people. I remembered it was the past. Very few people have died from a haircut. Yeah. Whereas surgeons were killing people loads. so the the barbers had the power within that dynamic. So they basically were like, "Money comes in from cutting hair. You cannot cut hair."
0: quite like that. Yeah. A little rivalry between...
1: So then the surgeons came back and was like, fine, you can't do surgery.
0: <laughs> but can you imagine if we had that now? Yeah. Like a, a weird rivalry between hairdressers and, and surgeons.
1: <laughs> what I like, yeah, like they, 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 every time they walk past each other, they're like... <laughs> it's like West Side Story. da na 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 da na 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 You better not cut hair. da na 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 Will you just leave? I am doing very bad surgery. But
0: oh, wait, does this mean then that like, yeah. Sweeney Todd... Was demon he, barber. Was he a demon barber surgeon of Fleet Street? Because then I think he's got a bad rap because I think <laughs> it's less suspicious if someone dies during surgery yeah. than it, it's quite suspicious if someone dies during a haircut. So maybe actually he was just undertaking surgery. Right. The surgery that but, also leads to
1: them being in a pie...
0: That bit is difficult He's very to justify, to argue, on his isn't it? <laughs> his behalf, but yeah.
1: So, what was the procedure? Well, we were simply going to do an appendectomy and then put his liver and kidneys in a
0: pie. Yeah, that—that that is harder to, to fight. Fight the What's argument the gravy on his do? It stops infection. <laughs> <laughs> How? Because they're dead. Wait, is this also, does this relate to, if you, you know the red and white sign? Yes. Because I've always thought, because I know it's a barber's and it comes mm. from like a bloody rag. It's, blood. it's bloody rags. And they put it out on a pole oh, and surgeon. then it would um like wind around the pole in the wind and it left that red and white. Yeah. And I've always thought to myself, perhaps slightly naively, I was like, why was there so much? blood if there are barbers and I thought it was from where maybe they've been like bad no, at shaving Barber surgeons. barber surgeons yes. that does make a lot more sense for the bloody rag so why top. don't surgeons have a bloody rag outside their okay, shop because they work <laughs> in hospitals now
1: Because it, right.
0: so the thing is they don't have to advertise their services yeah, to be fair you don't have a surgeon
1: hiring a table and waiting for someone who's on their lunch break from work who's come in and going do you know what do you fancy- I found a lump on my knee and I thought I'd just pop in for for the weekend <laughs> and there's six of them reading Take a Break magazine but <laughs> all scrubbed up ready to go and as he's doing it he's got you under a local and leaning over going Are you, have you, you got any
0: holiday <laughs> 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 yeah in hindsight that does make a lot more sense things
1: went a bit differently and also you don't have like hairdressers going with consultancies as going hi um I've got bad free. news. Got some terrible news.
0: I can't bleach this colour yeah. hair. You've <laughs> got a really difficult crown. You've got some terrible split ends. Yeah. I'm, so, so, I'm So sorry. Is there anything you. that can be done? <laughs> Getting up X-rays to show a head.
1: Here, we've shaved too close, and some of the hairs <laughs> are in growing. My God. So yeah. It's, oh. it's, a, it's all from a, yeah, basically from a, 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 a medieval we, early modern tiff between barbers So hang and on, surgers. just to
0: clarify. Yeah. So it, that was repealed in 1986.
1: 1986. So right now, barbers- under London law, yeah. a surgeon cannot legally take money for cutting hair. So I imagine that's why they... It's a bit
0: unfair. What if they want to moonlight as a... Barber? Yeah, hairdresser because... Yeah, You're cutting off people's livelihoods, man. <laughs> <laughs> Those rich, <Yeah>. rich surgeons.
1: <laughs> Similarly, that legally, and this feels more it's more it's logical. logical. Yeah. Barbers are not allowed to do surgery. However,
0: that might offend some hairdressers who have trained. They're trained professionals. Yeah. That might be offended that we're saying it's easier to cut hair than it is to perform surgery.
1: <laughs> I think so we're anyway. <laughs>
0: Um, Do you want to explain a little bit about the other things that Under London's Ground
1: does? Of course. uh, Under London's Ground, as we say... Uh, We are archaeologists who love the city of London. What we do is we provide uh, walking tours based around some of the archaeology that you can see here. Uh, We've got a lot of themed walks. We've got a Roman one. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got one about the history and archaeology of performance spaces in London. And for anyone who has um, a morbid interest, possibly some uh, barber who really, really, (laughs) really wants to do surgery... (laughs) Uh, we have a walking tour about death the in
0: the city. The archaeology of death in the city. Mm. Uh, spoiler alert, there are dead bodies everywhere in London. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And I um, hate to
1: tell you this, but there's a skeleton
0: inside you yeah. right now. <laughs> um, we also we have an Instagram page, which I think I mentioned earlier, which is at no, Under yeah. London's Ground. <laughs> And we post lots of interesting facts there. Uh, we also have a website, which is com, which is where we post interesting news, and that's how you can book on to our uh, tours. And we also do special events. Um, so we recently did a pub quiz, London-themed pub quiz, that was really good fun. Um, so, yeah, stay in touch there. Yeah, so thank you. And now we
1: will end, as we end every episode, with our quick-fire facts.
0: Yeah. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. So if you want to
1: take the first one.
0: I'll do this one. So, reporting on the first journey of a central line tube in 1900, the Daily Mail said, "'Voracious curiosity, astonished satisfaction, and solid merit. If this kind of thing goes on, London will come to be quite a nice place to travel in.' The conductor was all a quiver of joy and pride." But there was no indecorous exhibition of emotion. Every man was solidly British. (laughs) Um, And that that first journey of the Central Line Tube in 1900 also had the Prince of Wales and Mark Twain on board. Wow. I know. Isn't that cool?
1: And my fact is, Sir John Soane, son of a bricklayer and famed architect whose work included the Bank of England, had a slightly wackier proposal. To build a piazza across the Thames, supported by hundreds of columns. Yes, please. Can we petition Tim. get that built? <laughs> <laughs> That's not wacky.
0: That is classy. Uh, it's, it's a bit wacky. Why? To be fair, it's not as wacky. It's just a thick bridge. Um, piazza thick. implies to me not just thick, but like wide. Yeah. Thick and wide are different things.
1: Okay, shall we split the difference and call it
0: Swole? I think on that note, we should say goodbye. So it's goodbye from me, Amy Atkins.
1: It's goodbye from me, Paul Duncan McGarity. And until next time, uh, we here at Under London Grounds wish you well and hope that you find something interesting where you are. You've been listening to the Under London's Ground podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Under London's Ground and on our website, unsurprisingly, Under London's Ground, where you can book to have a tour of London given to you by an archaeologist. The music you've listened to through this podcast is provided by Brown Boots. Check them out if you can.